again, everyone. We're so glad you've joined us for another story about the Peters children. This week's story, Finn Wells is Moving, is part one of a two-parter, which we will finish next week, the Lord willing. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title, but this week it may be in a different spot in the narrative. So listen intently, and if you recognize it, email your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week, Madeline of Concord, California was our winner with the correct answer of Redeemed How I Love to Proclaim It from the story Mama Peters Melts Down. Good job, Madeline! Also, Madeline plans to send a recording of her telling us about her favorite story, which we will play soon. We look forward to hearing it. So are you ready for this week's story? Okay, here we go. Finn Wells is moving. Finn Wells and Pearson Peters had been friends for as long as they could remember. Their parents had attended the same church forever, and the families had become fast friends. Their moms were expecting babies together, and both boys had been born around the same time. Even as toddlers, they gravitated toward one another, sharing the same toys, snacks, and germs. In fact, every time one or the other was sick, it was without a doubt going to cause sickness in his counterpart. They simply did everything together, all the time. And there wasn't just a friendship between Pearson and Finn, but there was a kinship between the two families. They spent time together, and often they would lunch together after church on Sunday. In fact, the Wells family was headed to the Peters' house for lunch after church. Mama Peters had scurried home right after the church service had ended to get the spread of roast beef, macaroni and cheese, homemade rolls and brownies set up, and to make sure that the homemade ice cream was setting up nicely in the freezer. Though the end of the summer was nearing, there was still plenty of heat left and the day was stifling hot. So the families took refuge indoors and enjoyed their ice-cold lemonade and the air conditioning of Daddy and Mama Peters' comfortable home. Mrs. Wells and Mama Peters set about preparing the table and warming the food. Daddy Peters and Mr. Wells sat and chatted about whatever it is that daddies talk about. Probably something to do with sprinkler systems or car engines or football. Whatever it was, they were earnestly involved in some chit-chat, while all five of the Wells children were playing upstairs with the Peters' four children. Sardines was the game of the day, and the children ran around looking under beds, in closets, behind curtains and doors, wherever they could to find Pearson, who was it and squeeze into his spot with him. As toddlers, Patience and Priscilla were far too young to really know how to play, and instead they just wandered about, laughing as they watched the scurrying children running in different directions. Eventually, though, they plopped down in the middle of the bedroom floor and played with their little Miss Molly dolls. Pearson sat still and was quiet as a mouse on the side of the dresser behind Patience's crib, waiting for all of the children to join him. He knew that this spot, in the open, would be overlooked by all of the children. So he was enjoying his twin sisters as he watched as they pretended in their own toddler-like fashion to be little Miss Molly. In Pearson's eyes, they were so sweet and funny as they giggled and chattered. However, Pearson's ears perked up. They were suddenly alerted to the sound of footsteps sneaking into the bedroom. He sat very still, listening intently. The footsteps were drawing nearer, and he was sure he was about to be discovered. In an epic display of self-control, though, he was unmoving as he waited. When around the corner of the dresser, Finn's face appeared. A smile spread broadly. Pearson was absolutely delighted. 
He silently signaled for Finn to join him in his hiding spot, and the two waited with bated breath for the others to join them. This is a good spot, Pierce, Finn whispered excitedly. Thanks. I can't believe it's taking everyone so long. Well, it is a surprising spot. I looked everywhere for you. I thought for sure you'd be tucked into your toy box like last time. Remember when we all tried to squeeze into your toy box? That was crazy. And Todd was here, and he was determined that he could get in there super tight. <laughs> that was hilarious. Todd's so crazy. Pearson tried hard to suppress his laughter. But moments later, Penelope peeked around the corner of the dresser and hissed, You guys are so loud in your whispering. Pearson waved her into the hiding spot. Seriously? I thought we were like, silent as mice. Well, maybe giant mice. Penelope responded quietly. The three sat quietly whispering for another minute or two before they began being discovered more and more by the rest of the clan, and it wasn't long before they counted and could see that only Emily Wells was absent. Then they heard her voice, Ollie, Ollie, oxen, free! And all of the children walked out. It was good timing, too, because Mama Peters yelled from downstairs, Come on, everyone! It's time to eat! As the children ran downstairs, it sounded like a herd of elephants. Pearson helped Patience downstairs, and Penelope helped Priscilla as hungry children poured into the dining room. They all quickly found their seats around the table, and Mama Peters handed them each a plate. Everyone bowed their heads when Daddy Peters announced it was time to pray. Lord God, we are so thankful for the Wells family, and we're thankful for fellowship with them. We just praise you for bringing people together who love you and can sharpen one another and grow in grace. We ask you to continue to grow us toward you and toward one another, and we ask for every person in this room to be saved, to be drawn to Jesus by your awesome mercy. We love you, Lord. Help us to magnify your name today. In Jesus' name, amen. As amens echoed throughout the room, dishes began clinking together as everyone dug into Mama Peters' extravagant meal. Oh, Mama Peters, you've outdone yourself, Mrs. Wells remarked enthusiastically, swallowing a chunk of roast beef. Why, thank you, Mrs. Wells, and thank you so much for your help today. You saved the day on my mac and cheese, which had gotten a little too thick, so thanks for rescuing that. Oh, no worries, Mama Peters. Mr. Wells' favorite is mac and cheese, so it was quite easy to do. It's true. Mac and cheese is my favorite. Mr. Wells agreed. He wasn't even embarrassed by the mouthful of cheesy goodness that was hindering his speech. The adults chuckled. <laughs> and the children, too, were amused because to them, it looked as though Mr. Wells was playing chubby bunny as his mouth was jam-packed full of the savory dish. After everyone ate until they were satisfied, it was time for dessert. It was then that Mr. Wells told Daddy and Mama Peters that he had a small announcement to make if they wouldn't mind. Daddy Peters quieted the bunch up, and after everything had settled down, Mr. Wells cleared his throat. <coughs> what I have to share is bittersweet. I'll start off by saying, our family adores your family. We've adored you guys for a long time. We're so thankful that God has given us a wonderful church, a wonderful community, and that we've been able to spend so much time together over the last decade. Mrs. Wells and I have appreciated nearly every conversation we've had with Daddy and Mama Peters. We've learned much from you guys and feel strongly that we've both grown in our walk with God, probably as a direct result of our friendship. Mrs. Wells' mom is ailing, and since her dad passed away a few years ago, we've been praying about possibly moving so that we can be closer to her and be a help to her in the days she has left. We don't think that her death is imminent, but we do think she needs more help in her old age. And so, 
As sad as it is for us to leave here, we sense that God is directing us to move our family closer to Grandma Thompson. Mama and Daddy Peters look shell-shocked. In fact, the whole Peters family was breathless for a moment. Daddy Peters finally broke the silence with, What will you do for work? Oh, my company has a branch there, and so we're thankful that God provided work for me so seamlessly. So we'll all live together in the large house that Grandma Thompson has lived in for years. Still somewhat in shock by the announcement, Daddy Peters responded, Well, that sounds like it's going to work out well, and I certainly don't want to question God's sovereignty. But I will tell you, we will miss you more than you or we know. What a sad loss for us, but a great gain for your family. Yes, we wouldn't be going unless we felt the leading of God. I know that we already have had some time to process the news, and we ask our kids to keep it to themselves until we could share it with your family. Mr. Wells, too, looked a bit sad. Yes, well, wow, when do you go, Mr. Wells? In two weeks, we're going to rent our house out and hope that someday we'll be able to return. We're planning to pack quickly and head out in a couple of weeks. With the exception of Patience and Priscilla, the rest of the Peters family looked as though they had been hit by a two-by-four. As the adults continued to talk through the logistics of the upcoming move, the children resumed their conversations. Finn, I am so sad that you're leaving. Finn sounded like he was about to cry. Finn looked equally sad. Me too, Piers. But Mom says we can be pen pals. Yeah, that's cool, but it's, it's just not going to be the same without you. School starts in two weeks, too. And my birthday party's coming up. You, you're going to be able to come to the party? Pearson was having trouble getting his words out. I think so, Piers. Mom said that will be our last weekend here, right before school starts. Oh, great. Well, that's cool. But, but still, I, I don't know how things are going to be even close to the same as before. We've done everything together. I know, Piers. Remember the first time we went to the waterfalls and both of us tried going down the water slide together? And we got stuck and came to a dead stop in the middle of the slide? And do you remember that those guys had to come and help us down? Finn had begun to chuckle. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. Finn, too, was laughing now. Or do you remember the time at church that we pretended to be dogs and we ate our goldfish off the table with our mouths and then Mrs. Roddy came over and told us to stop being dogs and pick up our goldfish? But we were being disobedient, and so we had to have a timeout, and then our moms told us we needed to apologize and said we couldn't sit together if we didn't obey? I totally remember that, Ben responded laughing. One of my favorite times, though, was when we brought our scooters to the park, and we thought we were super good, it was so, we, so we tried to show our dads how to grind the bench, and then when we watched the video of us later, we realized how awful we were at it. <laughs> that is so hilarious. Pearson was cracking up. Remember the time we were playing football at the park, and out of nowhere, a bird pooped on your dad's head? Oh, man, I almost forgot about that time. That was so gross. Pearson nodded at the memory. I know. And then he got serious. Anyway, I'm sure going to miss you. Me too, Piers. I, I, don't, I don't think there will be anyone as great as you at our, at our new house. In fact, I'm pretty sure the whole neighborhood we're moving to is, is full of old people. My dad said we can minister to everyone there, but, but I am super sad. Yeah, Finn, I am too. After everyone had finished with a dessert and the table was cleared, the Wells and Peters family chatted some more about all of the memories they shared. The evening was well spent playing cards and charades and every other game that could be played with a mixed group of all ages. Laughter and frivolity ruled the evening, 
and finally it came time to say goodbye. After the Wells family had left, the Peters family quickly finished picking up the house and prepared for bedtime. Mama Peters happened to glance over at Pearson, who looked as though he was holding back tears. Hey, buddy, you're pretty sad about Finn? Oh, yes, Mama Peters. He's my best friend, and I don't even know what it's going to be like at school without him. I understand, Piers. Daddy Peters said he couldn't even remember being at church without the Wells. That's true, bud, Daddy Peters said, walking into the room. I definitely would say that Mr. Wells is my best friend aside from Mama Peters. I was dumbfounded when they said they're moving. But I tell you, I do believe it's best for them. Yeah, I get it. A big old lump had begun to form in Pearson's throat. But I'm still going to miss them. I know, Pearson. I grieve the loss of them from our lives for now. And it occurred to me that you and Finn are like David and Jonathan in the Bible. God has blessed you with a friend who loves you and whom you love. He has brought you guys together and has taught you to be loyal, faithful friends. And it made me think about how Jonathan and David were parted forever, too. In the Bible, David has to flee the kingdom, and he and Jonathan know they aren't going to see each other again. But they make a pact, or an agreement, to be loyal to one another. Jonathan knows that David is going to inherit the kingdom, and he's going to become king. But based on their close friendship and trust they have with each other, he knows he can count on David to take care of his family in the future. But it must have been so difficult for them to part ways. I know, Daddy Peters, it's, it's so true. Well, you have about two weeks to process this information. Let's think of some ways that we can bless the Wells' family and ask that God would bring us comfort. In fact, Psalm 147.3, one of my favorite verses of comfort in the Bible, talks about how the Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. My son, let God heal your broken heart. And remember that, no matter what, since you and Finn share true fellowship in Christ, it will remain unbroken. You love your friend because you both love God. And I'm so thankful that as a result, your friendship doesn't have to be broken. Trust me, when you come back together again, it'll be as though you never parted. Oh, I hope so, Daddy Peters. At that point, could contain his tears no longer. Daddy Peters was also feeling the emotion of the moment. Not only that, Pearson, but Mrs. Wells is letting Finn spend the night here after your birthday party, and then they'll leave the next morning. So that will be a good time to... S he could hardly get the words out. So, so that'll be a good, sweet time to say goodbye. In fact, their whole family will be sleeping here because their house will have been rented out. So it will be wonderful to get together before they leave. Pearson cheered up. Oh, that will be great. I, I can't wait. And though there was still sadness, Pearson had a lot more to look forward to over the course of the next couple of weeks. His sadness wasn't gone, certainly. But he could already feel the comfort of the Lord beginning to bind up his heart. This is Grandmom's Corner. Aren't goodbyes sad? Whether you've known someone you love who dies, or someone like a family member moves away, or a good friend moves away, it's always hard. There's a really good hymn that describes what one might feel when you love someone dear to you and they're no longer in your life for one reason or another. The hymn is, Does Jesus Care? 
And I'm going to sing the fourth verse because I think it describes perfectly what we might feel. It says, Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? And my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks. Is it odd to him does he see? So the question, it says, does Jesus care? And then that's answered in a resounding way in the chorus, which goes like this. Oh, yes, he cares, I know. He cares, his heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. And sometimes when life is sad and hard and we experience lots of disappointment, it's so easy to wonder, does Jesus even care? Doesn't he see that my heart is broken? And I can assure you, he does care. He loves you and he cares deeply. In Psalm 145, 9, it says, The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Not just you or your parents or your siblings or your friends, but everyone, all he has made. And the greatest thing is that he will be a friend to you. In John 15, 4, Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Listen to that. You know how you can be friends with Jesus? Do what he says, and he'll be your friend, and you can be his friend. The last verse I want to share with you is from Psalm 145.9. A man of too many friends comes to ruin, that there is one friend or a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Have you ever had a friend like that? who's so close to you and you love so much, maybe someday you will, if you haven't already. But there's one person with whom you can be best friends, and that is Jesus. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with the second part of this story. Bye for now.